Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. just realized that uh, that wide view made me look fat so I'm going to go a bit closer. Hi Jonathan Stiano here. We're live. We're building an audience for you. Got some questions to be going through here. Uh, if anyone is out there while Facebook is telling me they're building an audience, if an audience is there and they have a question then they are more than welcome to um, personally engage and ask the question on a live basis and I will be do my best to answer it. First of all I want to check if Camilla's out there. I'd like to say thank you, massive thank you for the um positive review. It's great to get such positive reviews. I do we're very lucky. We've got a lot of positive reviews and I think one of the reasons for that is something that I've I'm actually giving a talk this weekend at uh, Olympia to the um Plastic Surgery Association, the UCARPS, um, about um, private practice, building a private practice, managing a private practice. And I think one of the things that I uh, stress to people is uh, 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 is, um, is that the importance of looking after people. Um, we all get complications. It's it's a nature of the job. But... Um, and we may have unfavorable results, but it's for how you look after people. And uh, something that we really try and do is look after people. Um, and so uh, we're very lucky that we have a lot of very positive feedback and positive reviews, because I think um, that's something I really struggle to do. Just well, not struggle to do. I don't struggle. I do it. Sorry, I'm wobbling because my hands are wobbling. I've got a, I've got a um, tripod for this, but I uh, keep on forgetting it. Um, so, I don't, yeah, there's something we work hard to do, make sure that everyone's happy. So, great, Camilla, thanks for that. And I hope that we've actually answered your question from last week about the mentor implants. I think Laura's been back in touch with you, so I hope you're not going to come on live and uh, say that I haven't got back to you. Because <laughs> I think we did, and it's like there is a website for mentor, and you can register your implants with them, but you don't have to, because I've got the details. I electronically log every every serial number of every implant I put in, a lot of surgeons and well, I used to just have a sticker on the op note. And so if there was a problem with the implants, you have to manually go through every single case. But I've now got an electronic uh, log of every serial number. Oh, there you are. So um, if you do need to, you know, if there is any problems with your implants, I've got a log. But if you want to register with Mentor, then fine. But thanks. Thanks for that, Camilla. And uh hope we've answered that one. Um, so we've got a question for Maria. Maria's having surgery sh shortly and is asking about Arnica. Um, it's absolutely fine to use Arnica. A lot of people rate Arnica and think that it is good. It's uh, proposed to stop or reduce bruising. Uh, I don't particularly recommend it to my patients in that I don't tell them about it. Pre I don't tell my patients to take Arnica. But if someone comes to me and asks, can I take Arnica? It, I say that's fine. Um, there's not a huge amount of bruising in most of the operations I do, except maybe liposuction, maybe fat grafting. I guess there would be a bit of 
bruising in those situations. Um, but nevertheless, I don't think it does any harm. So if you feel like you would like to take it, that is absolutely fine. Maria, please, please go ahead and take the Arnica and see how it goes. And we'll just see if it, uh, um, we'll see if it, um, helps, um, um, uh, bra and medication, what's included? We've been getting a few questions, I think, about this for some reason. Sometimes you get fits and starts, the same question. This is hurting my hand. Sorry. <laughs> I wish I thought my, how do I normally do it? Um, oh, God. Um, so, bra and what's included. So, bra, it's this, I think this, these questions have come from other people. Um, does my hair look like that? Blimey. Maybe it's the angle. Um, I think, yeah, I think my hair does look a bit sticky-uppy. It depends on who's doing the surgery, so you need to ask your surgeon about what's included. Bra's not normally included, I think. I do include a bra. I used to say to people, bring a sports bra, and they always used to say to me, what size? And I'd always used to say, I don't know, bring a few, keep the labels on. Um, but I always thought that wasn't great, so I now do provide a bra. So you come back from theatre wearing a bra if you're having surgery with me, but check with your surgeon because it is not, um, it's usual. I think most surgeons ask you to bring a bra. If you're having um, tummy tuck or uh, a gynecomastia surgery, most surgeons will op- uh, provide a garment or usually two garments. So you do usually get a compression garment if you're having liposuction or tummy tuck or body contouring surgery. But for breast surgery, I think you're normally expected to bring a bra. But if you're having it with me, I'll, I'll provide you with a bra. Medication, what medication is including the cost of this cost? So they are most uh, cosmetic operations that I know what's called a fixed price package, which means you pay one price. And if you have any problems or anything like that, uh, that's all included. Um, so if you need to stay in hospital or if you... Um, or if you need to go back to theatre for any reason, then you, that's all included. Uh, the medication-wise, your take-home medication, I think it's two... I should have checked this, shouldn't I? I've just been at the hospital. I think it's two weeks. I'm pretty sure it's two weeks. They um, they give you two weeks' hosp- um, medication. I've got to say, most of the operations I do, it's usually painkillers is all that you need. Um, and I go with simple things like ibuprofen and paracetamol, which can buy, be bought over the counter. I think we do give you stronger painkillers like cocodamol, codidamol, codeine phosphate, those sorts of uh, painkillers. But um, I always advise caution with those because they can cause problems like constipation and what have you. But I'm getting off track, actually. What's included? So, yeah, two weeks of medication is included. And if you did need antibiotics or anything, that will be included, I think, to two weeks worth. If you needed longer than that, then I think you'd have to go to gp or pay or something i guess i'm not sure but um no well never say never but you don't really need longer than two weeks medication i would hope um uh and it's usually just painkillers uh that's that one um under the muscle loss of volume uh some people do say this, that if you put breast implants under the muscle, you lose some volume. They sort of squish the, the uh, implant, and, um, which may be true, but I don't use that to, I don't put that in factoring in the size of implant I'm going to use. There's so many variables when you're looking at implants. Um, that's just, it, it, it's not a significant enough changing the volume to make me make a decision that I wouldn't like get a bigger implant if I was putting it under the muscle or anything like that mostly because the fa- the main thing I go with when I'm looking at implants is um, the width of the implant 
Um, so the dimensions of the implant have to be right. So the width has to be right. The projection have to be right. I always make this big fuss about the volume's not that important, and I do think the volume is the volume follows from there. So I wouldn't, you know, I the width and the profile. Well, I suppose you could argue go with a higher profile if you went under muscle, but I don't say that. I don't say go with a higher profile. I think it does squish, squish it a little bit, but I don't think it's. Um, uh, hi, Jim. That thumbs you up. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, I hope no one heard that. Um, so yeah, under the muscle. Basically, just go with the right dimensions. And don't worry too much about it. It's going to squish it a bit if it's going to go under the muscle. If you need it under the muscle, have it under the muscle and uh, go with the same volume that you would have gone, whether you're going to have it on top of the muscle, is my advice. But that's just my my tuppence. But then I guess well, that's what this is, my tuppence, isn't it? I suppose you know, make you take advice from other people if you're seeing other people. Um, we've got also a question here from Lee. How long off work? I think... I'm assuming it's breast augmentation you're thinking of and your care, I haven't written it down now, but care assistant or care worker. Um, right, week, def- definitely. After a week, I'll, I'm going to open this up to generalisation because we've probably got other people um, might be interested in this answer or question. A week, you won't feel like doing much. After a week, you'll be doing stuff. If you're working from home, you can do it from home, the typing and things like that okay after a week driving normally two weeks i say you might be okay after a week but two weeks is probably safer um i don't know Gemma. i don't know what you might say more than two weeks um i don't know how you're getting on how are you two are you two weeks now or anyway sorry digressing but yeah week to two weeks for driving after two weeks you should start be able to get back into things like uh light duties phase return care Worker sounds pretty, or care care assistant, I think it was, I think. But whatever it was, it sounds pretty. Um, um, yeah, two weeks. that's a good question, Rebecca. Thank you for that, and I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna answer that. Uh, week and a half, yeah. Um, I can give you a sick note if that's helpful. Well, I can give you one, Gemma, but also Lee, who is asking the question. Um, to say phase return after two weeks, I just write surgery on it. Uh, it's up to you to discuss with your employer if you want about what surgery you've had. Um, we can get into the that. And that's a whole other thing about whether people feel guilty about this sort of surgery. But anyway, that's another uh, issue, which I think you shouldn't feel guilty about this sort of surgery. But uh, anyway, so yeah, after two weeks, you start driving and things like that. But you will be phase return four to six weeks for any too heavy. So if you're heavy lifting, handling, picking people up moving people about at least a month probably six weeks and even then just you know it's still going to be a bit swollen it's still going to be a bit uh, uncomfortable you might want to take it a little bit easy so um, I know it's a big thing to say take a month off work or six weeks off work so maybe if you could do a phase return or a light duties that might be the answer Um, but uh, yeah that's the normal schedule the other thing that I would say to you Lee is that we put you in touch with people who've had it done before if you want us to do that um, because a real person can sometimes answer the question better than me because I just talk in general terms mind you the real person might have had a particularly good or a particularly bad experience so might not be representative but anyway put it in the mix and make a decision 
model up, make a decision, make a view on it, because that's what that's what it is with life, and that's what it is with a lot of this stuff. You just have to make the best decision you can at the time. We have got an awesome question here by Rebecca. That is awesome. That is what we. I'm, if I could do more than a thumbs up for that, I would. I think I've just unthumbsed it up by trying to do two, so I'm do three, and just that's an awesome thumbs up from me because we've got a live question coming in. So I'm going to discard my extensive list of questions throw it away well i'm not gonna throw it away i've done it actually i've completed it that was it so uh saved by the bell rebecca hi wanted to know where would you have surgery would it be in birmingham also how long would surgery be for a breast uplift and implants removed and replaced as have capsular contracture okay um yes i do work in birmingham i would always say um talk about this in my book should have a copy here to promote it but i haven't what's that it's oh, a magazine <laughs> okay should have copies lying around the place um i do think you should have surgery locally uh i work in birmingham um you might see i've also got a clinic in london i'm i'm i main well i'm scheduling down my london i've got uh, a surgeon in london that sort of works with me so he does the surgery because he lives in london and works in london because when i see when i see people in my clinic in london i still operate in birmingham and i but i do tell people to look for surgery close to home i do you know i do advise that and i think um a lot of i do see people from far away but i always say look for surgery close to home and if you get a good reputable fully trained plastic surgeon they should be able to work in any hospital um, so they should be able to work in the local hospital. So I can work in any hospital in the country. So there's loads of hospitals in Birmingham. I've got practicing privileges in most of them. I've got practicing privileges in Little Aston, in Parkway, in Droitwich Spa, in West Midlands Hospital, Westbourne Centre, Priory, Parkway. Yeah, I've got practicing privileges. In, well, probably not most of them because it actually blows more than that. But anyway, I've got host- passing bridges in loads, loads of them. And I can work... I may, I'm trying to narrow down. I used to be travelling around all over the place. I'm trying to do less of that. So I'm trying to focus my practice a bit now. So I mainly work at Priory and Parkway, Priory and Edgebaston, Parkway and Solihull. So those are the two hospitals you'd have your surgery And I don't do the surgery in my clinic. I do do uh, local anaesthetic cases in my clinic, but I don't do the sort of big ops in the clinic. So, so, so And this is a big op, what you're talking about there, Rebecca, um, breast implant uh, removal uh, replacement and lap lift that's that is quite a big op. um so surgery would be in birmingham as i say but priory or parkway and i think if you do have surgery i would advise you to have it locally if you can there's lots of good surgeons in birmingham um, and wherever you live i'm <laughs> probably gonna tell me you live in manchester now but if you do live in manchester i would say there's lots of good surgeons in manchester and have it done in manchester but um so yeah look for a surgeon who works locally a lot of the the some places will make you go like to Manchester or London or something to have surgery because that's where their hospitals is. Oh, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Parkway. And um, you've got to think, why are they making you go to? Oh, no. Uh, yes. OK. Um, yeah. Thanks, Lisa. Uh, you've got to think why. Well, there's two things there, Lisa. There's two people. There's two reasons why people go far away from home for the surgery. One is because the place might say, "Oh, our hospital is in um, London. We only have a hospital in London," and 
the reason for that is that the surgeon, often the surgeons can't work in the local private hospitals. They can't work at Priory and Parkway. In order to work at Priory and Parkway or any of the big hospitals like Spire and Nuffield and um, BMI and all those ones, you have to be uh, a consultant in the NHS or have been a consultant in the NHS in order to get practicing privileges at those hospitals. So when I talk in my book, Never Accept a Lift from Strangers, there's loads of cowboys doing cosmetic surgery and people who aren't trained and people who've got no, not trained in plastic surgery, not trained in anything doing surgery. Actually, those ho- the, the, the main hostels like Spire, BMI, you can't work there unless you are fully trained. Um, so if you go to your local hospital, private hospital, you will be assured of having a fully trained private uh, plastic surgeon. So I would worry if the surgeon said, oh, you've got to come to London to have surgery, unless that's because that's where he lives. Like me, I work, I live in Birmingham, and that's why you've got to come to Birmingham to have surgery. Making sense? Um, you know, if you've got to go far away for the surgery, I'd say, well, why can't I have it down, done in Parkway because that's down the road? And the answer might be that their surgeon can't work at Parkway um, because they haven't been a consultant in the NHS or R1. Uh, but that's again a lot of big big topic there big topic could talk about that one um so and there you go lisa I only go overboard because of the cost and not always about the surgeon yeah and i get and i totally understand that i mean it's a lot cheaper abroad and i, I understand why people do go do go abroad and they think oh, i'll have a holiday at the same time and i completely understand it and it is a huge industry and a lot of people do it so it can't be all bad um but I would advise against it. Um, the The problem with this sort of thing is that there's often um, minor issues, and there could be major issues. And it is just a it's a bit like insurance, you know. If you have to, if you don't have to claim, then you're fine. But you have to claim; it can be a bit of a palaver. So just have a look. If you do go abroad for surgery, I know you're not saying you are going to go abroad for my surgery, but it gives me something to talk about. So um, I'm going to talk about it. Um, if you do go abroad for surgery, just think about what is going to happen if you have a problem at ten o'clock at night on Saturday night after you've had your surgery and you're back in um, Solihull, you know, and, and the surgeon's abroad. So, you know, what are the follow-up uh, um, channels? And if you have to go back to theatre on, you know, uh, three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, wh- which theatre are you going to go to? Because I think a lot of them rely on the NHS. They, a lot of them rely on you going to A&E, and that's not going to be great, um, having to walk into A&E saying, have, you know, a tummy tuck in... Um, in Pratislava or somewhere, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere, abroad. I shouldn't mention anywhere because I don't want to, um, but, you know, somewhere overseas. And um, so that's number one problem. Number two problem is the training is different. Um, The training is different in every country. Some countries have like a professor in in their hierarchy uh, and the professor and all the other surgeons are underneath the professor. And so they're not really, they're not trained to the same level as we are in the UK because we're fully, once you're a consultant, there's no one above you. You're, a, you're, a, you're, fully, you're fully trained and fully independent. Similarly, some countries, they train to different things. Plastic surgeons can do diff, uh, train to different levels and they do different things in different countries. I'm making that clear. It's one of my book lists. Um, so the training is at a different level. The fact of the matter is all these countries will have great surgeons, you know, and they'll have, you know, well, they'll have the spectrum. They'll have good, bad and indifferent, just like we've got in this country. Um, but it's just knowing what to look out for and knowing what level of training they are is a little bit more difficult in, if you go to a, an overseas place than you go here. So 
two problems with going abroad. One is if you have a problem at five o'clock in the morning. And second is, um, what was the second one? Oh, yeah, so just certain training and live. Just look at that. Camilla has come in. I mean, that is, I'm just going to thumbs up this because that is awesome. Camilla, how can you notice first size of cats with contraction? Camilla, I can't believe you're asking that question because how you are like, what are you? Days after surgery, isn't it? It's days. Um, <laughs> right, Ada, thank you for that. Excellent. Right, Camilla, take that question back, please. When can you notice first size of capsule contracture? She's asking, I don't know how many days, but we can measure it in days, can't we? The time, your post-optive course. I hope you're just asking that question for the benefit of the others. Capsular contracture is something that takes years to to uh, to uh, um, come, and um, and uh, you notice it by a hardening of the implant. The implants, the, the, the natural progression of capsular contracture is that it starts to feel hard, you can start to feel the edges. Then, as it contracts more, the implant becomes more globular, more sphere shaped. Yes, yeah, six weeks. Yeah, okay, maybe not date. God, is it six weeks? Blimey. Um, <laughs> okay, maybe it's weeks. But um, um, then it starts to uh, look a bit more globular. You see the outline of the implant, and then it gets uncomfortable. That's the natural history of capsular contracture. And if you're anywhere along that line, I always say leave it as long as you can because. Um, it's a progressive thing. Capsule contracture is a progressive thing. And if you change them, then you're going to get capsule contracture in the next one. So the longer you can leave it, the better. But we're looking at years, Camilla. I will keep an eye on you. I will, uh, I, I, I will not discharge you. I will look after you. I will, I will um, offer you once we've done them. We, do, we normally do appointment at um, one week, six weeks, three months, six months, and then yearly. So I offer all my patients yearly follow-up to keep an eye on these things. Um, and there'll always be an open appointment, so you can always come back. But... Um, but don't don't worry about that yet. And I know you're not worried about that yet. I know you're just asking the question. So massive thumbs up for the question. But um, yeah, don't, don't don't worry. But it's the other thing about capsule contracture is that it um, that's really that's really quick, Rebecca, two years. Um, the other thing about capsule contracture is it, you only have to do something about it if it's a problem. So, you know, you're often guided by the patient. If the patient doesn't feel like there's a problem, there isn't a problem. If the patient feels like there's a problem, there isn't. So, you know, I, I offer yearly appointments for people to come back. But you don't like, um, you don't have to. And I'm, yeah, I know you're not worried. You don't have to come back and um, you will notice it yourself. And if you don't notice it, then it's not a problem. I'm scrolling up. I'm scrolling up because these questions, I mean, this has just gone absolutely viral. I mean, this is virality for you, these questions. Right, Ada, always wanted to go. And then Ada and Rebecca, we got them to line up, stack them up. Always, I'm going to need a PA for this next time. Always wanted to increase my breast size, but I'm afraid that I might not wake up afterwards. What assurance can you give me? Um, Ada, very, very common uh, um, concern. And you know what? I think I would be worried if I had to have a general anaesthetic. Um, so first of all, you're in good company. A lot of people say, I'm afraid I'm going to wake up. Oh, sorry. I'm afraid. Well, they either say I'm afraid I'm not going to wake up afterwards or they're afraid they're going to wake up in the middle. Those are the two sort of things that people fear. Um, and what I would say to you is it is very, 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 very unlikely that you'll have a problem. Um, 
there, first of all, if you're really worried about anaesthetic, this sort of thing can do, be done under a, uh, sorry, under a local anaesthetic, although it wouldn't require sedation, so you could be sedated. So you can do it under local anaesthetic and sedation if you're really worried. But if you're, uh, the other option is, the first thing I would say um, is that you can, um, uh, you can talk to the anaesthetist beforehand. Uh, thanks, Gemma. That's very kind of you. That's what we need. Um, and Gemma is a real person. It's not just <laughs> my wife in the other room putting in a comment. That is a real thanks, Gemma. Um, uh, that's an idea. Get my wife in the other room to put in good comments. Um, no. um, <laughs> um, right. So, yeah, you can talk to the anaesthetist and you can. Um, uh, what I normally tell people, I don't know if this is helpful or not. But I tell people that probably your journey to the hospital is more risky than your, the anaesthetic that you're having. So in the same way that I cannot give you an assurance that you will not die in your car on the way to the hospital. I cannot give you that assurance. I cannot give you a guarantee that you will not die in a car accident on the way to the hospital. But what I can say is you're very unlikely to die in a car accident on the way to the hospital. And it will probably be absolutely fine for you to drive to the hospital um, to for your surgery but i have to use the word probably because you know people die on the road in fact people die on the roads a lot more than they die in hospital certainly for this sort of stuff now if you're talking about the nhs if you're talking about open heart surgery in old people in people with cancer in people who are ill then it's more common but it's still not that common um, in elective surgery which is planned surgery in fit young people i'm not going to say it never happens but it's like really really rare um, so that's probably the best I can give you, Ada. Uh, but you know, I would say don't, don't let it, there's a lot, there are things to worry about if you're having implants, um, infection, there's a scar, you might be able to feel the edges, stuff like that. There's all sorts of things to worry about. Waking, not waking up after surgery is not one that I would particularly worry about. Although I've just contradicted myself because I think everyone is naturally worried about, it, but it's not one I would make a, make it change my decision on whether I have it done or not. But um, but it's totally understandable. And if you're really worried, then, you know, just don't don't have it. You've got to balance it up. You've got to balance. It's a balance. All this stuff's about the benefit of having it versus the risk of your this worry that you might not wake up. And if the if the risk is too, if you're really worried, then don't, you don't have to have the surgery. But if you really think that you would benefit from having the surgery, then have it. But talk to us, basically. Talk to us and uh, you can talk to these tests. And you'll be absolutely fine. I'll tell you that now. But um, but it's totally. Um, uh, <laughs> well, that's reassuring. And he just said it was too much paperwork for you not to wake up. That's uh, that's that's Doctor Aurora, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I use I regularly use the same anesthetists. Um, the anesthetists work in ITU. They're all NHS consultants, or have been NHS consultants uh, because, as I say, they wouldn't be able to work at that hospital if they weren't. I know them. I've worked with them for years, and. Um, you know, you will be fine, but uh, but it's a totally reasonable thing to worry about. Um, what we got here is we got. I had surgery in Bromsgrove. Was not impressed with the aftercare. I wouldn't travel far as I need assistance after. I would want to be able to go back quick. Plus, I have four children to look after. Being cosmetic surgeon and Yes, Rebecca. God, these questions are like I've written them, which I clearly haven't because I'm here. Um, there is a difference between a cosmetic surgeon and a plastic surgeon, and um, 
cosmetic surgery is not a surgical specialty. It's not a recognized surgical specialty. There are certain surgical specialties. So when you become, you, you train in medicine, you do six years in medical school, then you train in surgery, you do like two, three, four, five years to be a surgeon. Uh, and then once you become a surgeon, then you train in a specialty. So just being a surgeon, which is FRCS, Fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons, or MRCS, is not being a fellow or member of the Royal College of Surgeons sounds good, but it's actually quite a basic qualification. It's not a specialist. You then have to do an extra six years. Well, in plastic surgery, it's six years. Six years training in plastic surgery. So plastic surgery is a defined surgery. And, um, and oh, hi, Claire. Long time no see. Um, a, a de de defined um, surgery. And, um, and um, it's a just defined speciality. Um, so there are certain specialities, ENT surgery, plastic surgery, general surgery, maxillofacial surgery, orthopedic surgery, eye surgery, whatever. These are Cosmetic surgery is not one. Cosmetic surgery is just a word um, that people use. And there are lots of different people who do cosmetic surgery. And it is fine for lots of people to do cosmetic surgery. It doesn't have to just be plastic surgeons that do cosmetic surgery. There's no problem with other surgeons doing cosmetic surgery. For instance, an ENT surgeon, ear, nose and throat, might do nose jobs, which is a cosmetic operation. Or they might do ear, sticky, sticky out ear, pinoplasty um, operations. Um, that's, that's perfectly reasonable. That's cosmetic surgery. That's an ENT surgeon. That's fine. Um, the point that I would make is that you need to see what training your surgeon has got. So a cosmetic surgeon is like, what does that mean? That's just a term. You know, we call ourselves cosmetic... But what is, are they trained as a plastic surgeon or are they trained as ENT surgeon? What is their training? Because you might find that some don't have training in anything. Um, so, but you have to do the research to find that. They can still call themselves a cosmetic surgeon. You know what? People call themselves plastic surgeons, even though they're not trained in plastic surgery. There's, what's going to happen? There's no law. You're not going to get, you know, arrested for it. So people call themselves stuff all over. I get people saying, oh, my plastic surgeon, this, my plastic surgeon, that. And I said, oh, yeah, who's that? What's his name? And they say, you know, whatever, Joe Bloggs. And I'm like, well, he's not. A, I know the names of pretty much all the plastic surgeons because there's not that many of us. And I'm like, well, he's not a plastic surgeon. So do your research. It is uh, important. As I say, it's fine if they're not a plastic surgeon, but they should really be trained in something. They should be on the specialist register with the GMC. Um, um, hold on a minute. They're coming in now. Um, so, yeah, look for someone who's fully trained uh, on the specialist register. In well, it doesn't have to be plastic surgery, as I say, in a, in a specialty. Right. What we got here? We've got Claire. We've got Louise. Uh, Claire, I had my surgery at BMI Droid, which just over three years ago. I'm currently seven months pregnant. Will my breasts return to how they were post-pregnancy? I hope so, Claire. I really do hope so. I can't guarantee it, but I hope so. Um, enjoy your pregnancy. Um, and what will happen is they'll get bigger. Obviously, well, as you as you will find, uh, they'll get bigger. Um, and then you breastfeed, they're becoming gorgeous with milk, and then they'll get smaller again. Well, what I always say is it's unpredictable what happens to the breasts after having children. Um, it is unpredictable because they might get bigger, they might stay big, they might get bigger and um, then get smaller, and they might go smaller than what they were pre-baby. Or they might get bigger and get to go back to the same as what they were pre-baby. And if they do get bigger and go smaller, sometimes they can droop because the skin's been stretched. 
Sometimes not. Sometimes it retracts. So, sorry, I'm being a bit vague, but it, but basically it's unpredictable what happens. Bottom line, enjoy your pregnancy, enjoy everything, see what happens. If you do consider having anything done, um, I'd wait a minimum of six months, ideally a year after having your child, before thinking of any, having anything done. By all means, come on down and um, and see me and, um, and we can talk about it. But... Um, but uh yeah see how it goes see how it goes but give it a year to retract the skin will retract there will be a degree and the other thing is how many have you got ch- i don't know have you got children already claire so you know the more children you have, you have the more they get stretched um so yeah so that's it see how it goes uh louise i had mine done with you when you worked for the nhs in 2009 they were fantastic, but since having my son five years ago, they have capsulated, and now the NHS won't do them. How much would this cost to replace them? Um, is that right? Yeah, I think you're right. The NHS, that's that's bad, isn't it? Because I did it when I was in the NHS, and then they're not doing it. I'm sorry about that, Louise. Um, well, sometimes what the NHS says, they'll remove them, but they won't replace them. I don't know if they said that to you, but sometimes they say that, which isn't great, is it? Sorry about that. Um, so, um, since so when you worked in the NHS, it was two thousand nine. So that's uh, two thousand eight years ago. So my advice always with capsulation is look, leave it as long as you can, um, because it's going to progress, and um, the longer you leave it, the better. But um, if you do want to have them, how much will it cost? I don't know. It's, it's. I think it starts with six. I think it's six thousand. I think it might be nearly £7,000, Louise. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get Laura to contact you tomorrow. She can do a Facebook thing, I guess, because you're here, uh, about the cost. And She'll tell you the cost. I'm afraid it's an expensive operation, having the capsules removed. Um, Was I supposed to talk, actually, back there, Rebecca? Was I supposed to talk about removing capsules and and lifts as well? That's a big op. Was there a question there about that? I remember it was, is it in Birmingham? How long was, also, oh, that's right. How long should you be for a breast uplift and implants removed? So how long would that be? Um, so Rebecca, sorry, Rebecca, I'm going back to your surgery. How long? So capsulectomy and implant replacement is a big deal. It's bigger, much bigger. Like a breast augmentation takes about an hour. Capsulectomy and implant replacement takes about uh, three hours. So it's a big deal. You have to remove all that scar tissue. I often use drains, which I don't for the initial surgery. I was going to talk about drains in this one. Blimey, I have to do that next time. I think I've gone on too long here. can't believe you guys are still around. Um, didn't expect this. Um, three hours for a capsulectomy and implant replacement. Capsulectomy, implant replacement and a lift. Three and a half hours, you know, three and a half hours. A lot, you know, three and a half, three, three and a half hours. It's, still, it's a, you know, it's a long time. I'm not saying the lift doesn't take any time, but it sounds like the lift doesn't take any time. Um, it does. So three and a, just it sort of comes in. But yeah, three and a half hours, I'm saying for that. It's a long op, basically, Rebecca. Big deal. General anesthetic, probably, well, yeah, overnight stay in hospital. And um, yeah, so it's a big op. So Louise, yeah, so again, big op. Ada's already got four kids. So Ada, you're worried about not waking up. Yeah. You've already got four kids. Yeah, well, that's the, that's, congratulations. And, and don't, uh, and, and ideally, if you finished your family, before having breast surgery ideally we had that bit of there's a post on facebook about that you don't have to but verity uh hi verity uh nice to see you here i know you 
My breasts have started hurting, especially at the sides. I can usually lie on my side, no problem, but now it hurts. You know what, Verity? It's quite a long time since your surgery. Like, I'm going to say 18 months or something, isn't it? It's a long time. Unusual for them to hurt, for the implants to hurt after this amount of time. If you've got a problem that's that long after surgery, I am think well, two things. I guess capsular contractures there. Capsular contractures it does hurt, but normally caps hurt. Hurting is the last stage of capsular contracture. It's normally very hard by the time they start hurting. So I'm going to say it might well be something to do with your breasts. You've got to realise that obviously you've got breast tissue there and breasts can hurt. Um, No way. Five years. No way. Five years. Whoa. I've never said it was five years. Kidding me. Wow. Um, So... um, could be could be capsule contract but uh, but the other thing is you've got to think about is breasts can hurt you know without implants in so is it something else so something to think about if you're worried it's the implant come back and see me and i can have a look and see if you've got capsule contracture and if it is then we can talk about what how we manage that uh, but the bottom line is i usually leave it for as long as possible i have a two-year-old now wow god it's crazy crazy what's happening I remember, anyway, I can't believe it's five years. Well, congratulations, Verity, and that's 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 amazing. Um, but yeah, by all means, come and see me, and we can just see if it's related to the implant or not. Uh, if it's not related to the implant, it might be related to your breast, and so that might be something um, to that. Like, well, that's what. Well, okay, well, that's the I was going to say. Hormones, you know, time of the month, things like that. So um, that's the other thing um to think about is it a hormonal thing is there something going on with your breast that's causing the pain because people without implants do occasionally get breast pain and and breast pain is a separate issue so the first thing is to to see whether it's anything to do with the implants and then maybe need to we need to look at investigating whether it's anything to do with the breast and breast pain and rather confusingly a different like a breast surgeon tends to treat breast pain which is a general surgeon not, not normally a general surgeon not trained as a plastic surgeon but that's something we can maybe get a gp to look at look at if it's not related to your implant but if you want to come back by all means come back come and see me at parkway or come and see me at my, have you seen my new clinic i don't know if you see my new clinic whatever see you wherever and we can look at um we can look at uh whether it's the whether it's the implants or on or, or the breast um but uh yeah that's that's that so it's good to see you on here but it's good this facebook live isn't it we can do we can just do a consultation we don't have to we don't have to come back to the clinic amy what you got we got this is this is a life i don't need questions written down i've got questions coming in live i stopped breastfeeding my daughter only child start of december and i'm looking to have a consultation with you around march time is that too soon or should i wait thank you absolutely fine to come back for a consultation um no problem verity do you want shall i get so laura to contact you or you can you can just facebook us if you want to make an appointment verity just facebook us no charge for consultations however long so by all means come on down and i will see you and we can check it out at parkway or come and have a look i, th- I don't think you've been to my new clinic so come to my new clinic in edge if you want or at parkway every thursday so um yeah just get in touch with laura and we can we can sort that out so amy stop breastfeeding your daughter at december i stopped breastfeeding my daughter and i'm looking to the question i'd ask number one is when did you have your daughter um amy so how how long post uh um, delivery are you is um, but but uh um yeah it's only it's only been a f- uh three months isn't it if you want to have a conversation in march 
the I only charge for the initial consultation, Amy. So you're welcome to come to the initial consultation at any time. Um, but I think, yeah, three months post, uh, well, as, uh, you presume breastfed for a period. I normally say the minimum amount of time. Oh, she's 21 months. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Okay. Well, in that case, um, yeah, well, that, that's, so that's a, so a couple of things. First of all, you've got to think how old is the child. So obviously your child is quite, is old. So they're not like, you don't have to lift them up and they're, they'll, you know, they're a bit more mobile. So that's a good thing. Um, obviously breastfeeding makes your breasts engorged and then they get smaller. So you've got to give it time to recover. So that's basically what your question is asking. How long do I need to give it to recover? Three months is a minimum to recover. Um, ideally six months. Well, I say ideally six months, preferably six months, ideally a year. Um, but that's usually post-pregnancy rather than post-breastfeeding. So I can see you at three months. By all means, come and we can always just say, see how you go. I probably will advise you not to have surgery for another three months, but you could always plan it then if you're keen to have surgery soon. If you're not that keen to have surgery, you know, if you're not desperate to have surgery, the longer you leave it, the better, because you see how how much your breasts recoil because there will be a degree of recoil and there might there might be a degree of breast getting smaller and breast changing size so if you think you're having any sort of breast reshaping whichever way you're best to do it when you're on a stable platform so the longer you can leave it well not the longer you can leave it but if you can leave it a year then that'll be great you might say oh no i'm you know my lifestyle is such or my work or whatever is such that i want to have it done sooner minimum will be three months you know six months will be better but a year will be even better than that um so the longer you leave it better um, but by all means, you can come and see me at March, and then if you if you then I might say to you, look, why don't you come in another few months and we can see how you're getting on. And a lot of it you will know yourself. Your breasts, you might feel your breasts changing um, yourself, or you might say, you know what, they've been stable for three year, uh, three months or the last couple of months. I think I'm ready to have some surgery. So, um, you know, these are just ballpark figures I'm giving. So yeah, three months would be minimum. Six months would be better, and twelve months ideal. And Q, Alfredo, Alfredo, I'm live. I'll see you later. Go and get your jamas on. Uh, yeah, I think she's gone out, Freddie. Yeah, yeah, Freddie. Check. I'm checking out of this. I'll be with you in two secs. And so, yeah, that's that. Um, right. Um, and so that that's that then, Freddie. Why are you not in? That is that, and. Um, so that's Freddie. I am a professional. I'm a trained professional. I'm a trained professional. Go and get your pajamas on. And that's the um, that's that then. Thank you very much. And I've got to check out now. <laughs> My child is messing. Stop it. Right. Thank you. See you next week. I'm checking out. I'm checking out. Right. Bye. Sorry if I didn't do that question very well. I'll do it again next time. Bye a question not covered in today's show then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ we'd love to hear from you